Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. It is a November Chilly November afternoon here in the Delaware Valley up in the northeast of the United States. Everyone out there from all countries all across the world, we thank you as always for listening. Uh, feel free to comment, subscribe, anything you guys want to do to help this podcast grow would be greatly appreciated by me and Ty. Uh, my name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, what is it like there down in St. Pete's? I heard the weather was good in uh, somewhere down there in Florida. I, I have some family down there right now, but uh, how are you feeling down there? It's a nice, uh, it's a nice chilly seventy-eight right now. Uh, late at night last night, I got to like fifty-nine, which is, uh, it's it's chilly, especially uh, if you're downtown like I am. There's um, you know, they're just trying to they're trying to turn St. Pete into Miami. So there's just wow, high rises so everywhere for for whatever reason. You know, not sure why the city is old as dirt. So the fact that we're trying to just go up is uh, is laughable, but it's what we're doing. So not not really sure we can do about it. Uh, so definitely. Um, the wind tunnels are picking up, and they hurt, man. They hurt late at night. 4 a.m., you're leaving work, and you turn the corner, and you just get whipped by a, a nice little chilly chilly front. But it feels good. It feels good. I can go on my balcony. I can smoke a blunt. I can have some coffee and just chill. And uh, everybody seems to be in happier spirits. So um, that's always good, I guess, right? That is always good. And, Ty, we are finally back to have a quick little episode here on UFC Sao Paulo, which is headlined – by our boy, a patron saint of the podcast. I know there's like 55 of them now, but this is this is one of those this guys. This is OG. This is one of the OGs that we have been, uh, you know, riding into the sunset with. We have said this guy is a future heavyweight champion, even though we've probably knighted three different guys as a future heavyweight champion. So it's going to be a little bit of a problem. Well, I mean, when Almeida and Pavlovich eventually fight for the heavyweight title, it's going to be a – we have to go. It's, I'm going to – Yeah. Unless it's it in Saudi Arabia. That is where I will draw the line. I can't. <laughs> we can't go to the UAE. We can't go to Saudi Arabia. No, we can't I, go out there. Just for like, uh, you know, my safety reasons. I don't know. I don't, don't know. I don't know if it's good to be going over there, especially me being yeah. as uh, pasty white as I am, even for the sun. The sun will not be good for me. But Jelton Almeida was supposed to fight Curtis Blades on this card, and I believe uh, Blades has an ankle injury. He was forced to pull out a couple weeks ago, I think, and now you got Derek Lewis in here, which. Not exactly, you know, the most uh, competitive replacement that you can get, but I guess it's exciting, big name sort of. Uh, Derek Lewis just got arrested recently before leaving for uh, Brazil. He claims it wasn't him, but, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, people said it was him. He was going 130 in a 50 uh, mile per hour, mile, ooh, geez, mile per hour zone. Yeah, I just had you can't a, do that. I don't a mental think. breakdown there trying to say mile per hour, but you can't do that. You are right. And. <laughs> Jelton Almeida is a minus 500, 530 favorite to Derek Lewis's plus 380-375. Derek Lewis is coming off of a win that he needed badly because I think he was going to be a free agent and things were not trending in the right direction. He had lost three in a row to Tuivasa, Pavlovich, Sergei Spivak, all finishing him within the first seven minutes of the, of the uh, fight starting. And he rattled Marcos Ruggiero de Lima's uh, teeth so bad that they were all... He was having trouble eating for weeks afterwards. So 
that knee was serious. Can. Yeah, exactly. And it was absolutely no joke. But I guess I say all that to say, Ty, I would like to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, I think we both of of the same mentality or thought process. It just depends on, uh, I mean, how, can we make any money off this? Yeah, so I think it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry. I, I definitely will say, though, I, you know, I've never really given Derek Lewis a chance <clears throat> as long as this fight was a uh, was a thing, but I will say I watched the uh, Shamil Abdurakhmanov Jalton Almeida fight, and Shamil only landed three punches in the whole fight. But at the very beginning, when they were standing up, he he hit him, he hit Jalton hard. Yeah, and uh, Jalton has been <clears throat> he's been KO'd viciously one, only <laughs> once, but it happened. I saw a video of it, it resurfaced, and he got put out bad, like <laughs> like Balhadinho. He went to maybe sleep, not as, dude. <laughs> maybe not as bad as Curtis Blades got put out by Derek Lewis. Because that dude, so I just realized that during that, right after that, Derek Lewis was like trolling and talking shit while he, um Curtis Blades is like knocked out and making like his making noises as he's unconscious. Yeah. And then he starts crying, it sounds like. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck happened to this man? Like and then he's like, hey, that's Herb Dean's fault. That's not my fault, and I'm like, honestly, yeah. Herb Dean was, uh, you know, uh, in the in the fifth row when you connected with that uppercut. It took him a little while. <laughs> Herb to, Dean was grabbing a glizzy at the concession stand <laughs> while that guy was getting knocked the fuck out. He's like, let me get a let me get a Michelob Ultra Tall Boy. Oh fuck, I gotta. Stop oh shit, fight. hold that real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely blame Herb Dean there, um, but just uh, just something I noticed. But yeah, I mean, you know, anytime this is on the feet, Jalton is in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you know he has power. He could definitely put Derek Lewis out, but that's not that's not a game I'd be willing to play. And uh, if if I you know I've had uh, my fair share of bad experience in main events. I mean, Sadiq Yusuf had a guy you know dead to rights, and then he just stopped throwing punches for the rest of the fight. So you know this is uh, this is his biggest fight of his career. You never know what could happen. Maybe he pulls a stunt. I doubt it. I think he's he knows where his bread is buttered. He's going to come out here. He's going to throw the teeth kick, and then boom, right into a takedown. Now he might have to watch this. Those knees, right? Derek Lewis can throw flying knees. He's had a couple that you know didn't land, but uh, obviously we saw what he did in his last fight. You know, re- reorganize this man's dental work. Um, so I think I think Derek Lewis is definitely a live dog. But as soon as soon as Jalton grabs a leg or two, it's it's over. It's over. He's going to pick him up. He's going to slam him down, and that's going to be it. Derek Lewis can't get off his back. Derek Lewis, you know, can stuff some takedowns, but whenever he's in a compromised position, he's 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 not winning that position. He's not going to get out of the spot that he's in. So, Jalton Almeida, I think he's going to just take him down, smash him. I think it's going to be in the first round. We've seen with Jalton before, where it's you know he's kind of drug out the process. You see him get a late finish in the first or an early mid round finish in the second. So. I don't want to say this is going to be a one-minute affair. I'm taking the under a half a round, which is only plus 150, by the way. Um, but I do think a round one sub – it could be a round one TKO, though. But I do think That's he's going to come out here and finish him, flatten him out. He, sub round one is plus 125. TKO round one is plus 400. Now, I don't, I don't know what to pick because Derek Lewis will give up his back. He'll flatten himself out. But he'll also just sit there where you can just, you know, rain punches to the side of his head and he'll just literally sit there and not do anything. Um, I believe we saw that. I believe we saw that in the, um, was that the Pat, uh, the Cyril Gon fight? He was just yeah. letting him ground and pound him. Um, 
Same thing with Junior Dos Santos. I mean, Mark Conn. I mean, how many times has Derek Lowe's been finished with, with strikes? Seven. How many times has he been submitted? Twice. Only twice. But one of them was very recently. Remember Sergey Spivak? I mean, that was... Yeah, that, and that, that was, was easy. That was easy. Yeah. Easy work. Um, and I think Jelton, if he really wants... I mean, rear naked choke, it just... Like, I see this whole fight playing out. I see him going for that blast double after he throws that teep kick, because that's what he does. Uh, when he Now, when he got knocked out a long time ago, he threw that front kick, but he didn't go for the takedown, and then he got knocked out. So I think that might have been something that he's like, you know what, I'm going to come out here, I'm going to throw this front kick, and then as soon as I throw that, I'm just darting for this guy's hips, darting for his legs, and I'm picking him up and slamming him. <clears throat> and that's what he does. It seems kind of like maybe eventually somebody can pick up on it, but you know, obviously it's different when you're in there. So I see him doing that, grabbing him, taking him down, <clears throat> slowly, methodically, or, you know, he could pass Derek Lewis pretty quickly if he really wanted to, I can imagine. So uh, I think he's going to take him down, pass him, he's going to get a full mount, and then either he's going to finish him with strikes, elbows. Remember, he likes to throw down those, like, 12 to 6 hammer fists, um, sometimes two at a time. <laughs> uh, I could see that. And then Derek Lewis flops over to his belly, and then, um, yeah, either he just gets pounded out, pause, or he gets rear naked choked. I think I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with um, – I think I'm going to go with sub. I'm, I'm a little bit like on the fence just because <laughs> Derek Lewis is going to give up in, in one of two ways, right? And it's just so hard to predict how he's going to do it. Now, Almeida has you know more subs than KOs, but um, he finished Jamil with, with strikes. Uh, I think that's his only – no, Daniel Marquez too. Most of his UFC wins are rear naked choke. He was an underdog in the, in the on the contender series, which is crazy. Yeah. But – yeah, rear naked choke, rear naked choke. That's just his thing, and I think that's what he's going to do. That's what he's going to go for, and that's what he's going to get. So I got Jelton J- Almeida, round one sub, um, and I'm going to play that on the card at plus 125. Let me see. Maybe I can get you a better line here if I can find yeah, if you know a anybody. specific one. Yeah, I got no guy. Almeida by submission is plus 215 in round one here. Wow. On, uh, Bovada is just crooked. Bet Rivers or points bet. So, uh, you know, shout out to them. Shout out to Austin. I like Almeida round one is like minus 120 here, but I can only imagine by the time the fight goes down that that's going to be skyrocketed. So by the time you people hear this, it'll probably be 140, 150, something along those lines. So I'm probably going to go with you. I, I, I like, I don't like the idea of him getting submitted. I think the, you know what? I don't know, man. I, Minus 135 in round one in general seems pretty, pretty good. I know there's, again, I've we've talked about it. Like, Shamil went to the middle of the second. Anton Tarkali, Parker Porter, they almost went the whole first round. Yeah. Danilo Marquez went halfway through the first. Even that guy, uh, Nazruddinov, on the contender series, he went to the second. Um, and even before the UFC, he went to the second round. Not much, but a couple times. But I think now, you know, we saw how quickly he went through Jarzinho. Um I think he's. I think he's settling in. I think he's, you know, improving. Still getting better. I mean, how old is he? He's only thirty-two. Yeah, he's only thirty-two. That's yeah. you know, he might as well be twenty-six when you're talking about heavyweights. So um, yeah, I think round one's. I you know, again, he could just start throwing down hammer fists. But I think round one is an absolute safe, safe play. I, I'm surprised the line's not like bigger because we've seen many times, you know, Bo Nickel or this guy or Ian Gary or whoever the fuck that's fighting, you know, a big prospect fighting some bum. We always see round one is like huge, blown up. So I'm kind of surprised this is only minus one thirty five. That's a pretty good line. Like I'd bet a hundred dollars on that. Yeah, like I think uh, as a part of a parlay, I probably would throw that into something else to kind of 
jump the odds up when we go through some of these fights. We'll, we'll probably find something else that's, you know, minus 150, 160 that we like that we could kind of play around there with and it. maybe make some, you know, double double our money. But I think I'm going to go TKO and just kind of hope for the, uh, like the thing that's not going to happen or, you know, that you don't expect to happen because I've kind of been getting beat so on that recently. Uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, to talk about UFC 294 when, I mean, no one thought that Volkanovski could get knocked out and he gets head kicked and, and like finished in the first three minutes of the fight. So you just never know. I just can't get the vision out of my head that you just said where he's flattened out and he's just covering up and letting the guy yeah. beat the beat the side of his head in. Like he's not – I don't like to say this, but it is the truth. It, Derek Lewis has a tendency to just quit in there sometimes. Yeah. Where he's just like, you know what, away. it's not my night. I'm not going to get like seriously hurt. I'm going to get out of here. And, and I, I don't blame some of these guys sometimes because I would probably do the same thing if things, you know, when when your brain damage is the uh, cost of you know doing business, then sometimes it's just like let me let, let me get out of here. You know, let me let me cover up and get out of here. Derek Lewis is not that explosive, getting up from his back kind of guy that he used to be in his prime. I would say. And I just don't like that he has seven TKO losses to those two submissions. Like, he has fought some serious grapplers in his past, you know, throughout his uh, his career. And only a few of them have been able to, like, really get him out of there. I I, I think I'm just, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to probably just stay with that round one. I think I'm going to put round one on the card. I'll probably do the bottom because I don't like anything. I really don't like anything here. I, I just, it's... One of those situations where you can't really find anything that you like. Minus one twenty for round one via Unibet. So that's uh, one of the, one of Unibet. the uh, hello. Yeah. Hello. So I will do that. Almeida wins in round one. Minus one twenty, and we keep it moving. We have Gabriel Bonfim getting in there against Nicholas Dalby on the co-main event. So they're they're basically telling telling you Bonfim is is him. He's next. He is. 26 years old, he is a minus 650 favorite to Nicholas Dalby, who Mr. Dalby is not exactly, uh, I mean, he's got a, a good record on face value, 22-4, and four, but, uh, I mean, some of these last couple, I mean, the, the win against Muslim Salikov was good. Uh, he was split decision to Worley Alves, which was a really close fight. I mean, he lost to Tim Means not even, you know, about two-plus two years ago, so... Ty, do you think there's really anything here? Is it a uh, finish or bust sort of thing? Because, I mean, Mr. Dalby's never been finished. Yeah. He's never been finished technically. Yeah. Uh, but he does have a no contest to uh, – he got choked out. He pretty much instant tapped against Jesse Ronson, who he was much, much bigger than. Jesse Ronson was a blown-up lightweight. And uh, Jesse Ronson dropped him with a quick uh, – uh, a straight left that he didn't even – See coming. It was very small, very like short and quick. Got dropped and he got he got subbed and he tapped really quickly. Um, I think you know if the, if if that's something like that could happen to you against Jesse Ronson. Also, when he fought um, fuck was his name man, um, Ross Houston. Uh, he was in a fucking blood and guts affair. Literally, the Mark Goddard stopped the fight because there was uh, too much blood from both guys. Yeah. So yeah, he's never been finished technically, right? But He's been dropped a bunch of times. Uh, he's been just—he's been in a lot of wars, a lot of just tough fights. Daniel Rodriguez one was was tough, and he's honestly low key for somebody that's been around since 2015. He's had a, an easy strength of schedule. So the Zaleski win definitely not easy, right? But that was a long time ago. That was also a split. Darren Till draw not easy, but 
loses to Zach Cummings, loses to Peter Sabata in a fight where he got smoked, um, taken down multiple times, knocked down. And Peter Sabata, by the way, like that's you know that's yeah. not like a who's who of this of this uh, sport. I know he uh, he's the one. No, I thought he was the one that got knocked out by Leon Edwards in like two seconds. That was not that was not him. Um, who was that? Either way, either. Way it fights, you know. Look at his wins: Muslim Salikov, Worley Alves, Claudio Silva, D Rod, Alex Oliveira. Are any of them with the UFC anymore? Besides Worley Alves, who clock's ticking? I don't think so. So loses to Tim Means, gets smoked by Ronson, smoked by Peter Sabata. Like I don't know, man. He's tough, right? He's probably the best fighter from Denmark in the UFC history. Congrats, if that's saying anything. <laughs> he's well rounded. He's solid everywhere, right? Moves well. I think his movement is kind of what's really been a thing for him uh, in his career that's kind of bought him time, got him wins, got him like uh, the splits, those those close fights. He knows how to win close fights. Also, he's pretty good as an underdog. Um, and he's a vet, right? He's been around forever, has so many fights. I just, um, I think he's he's up against it, honestly. Like, Gabriel Bonfim is, is a monster. He's big for the weight class. He has a nasty left hook, throws it a bit wide sometimes, but... Uh, you know, what's what's Nicholas Dalby going to throw back at him that's really going to get him, um, you know, worried or anything? I mean, this guy was in there with Trey Waters. Trey Waters, you know, not the best fighter in the world, but he's 6'5 with a 77-inch reach. And he was, you know, outstriking him. And then when, uh, he, you know, he took Trey Waters down, he got put in a guillotine. If you've ever, you know, we've seen it before with guys that have long arms, that's all you really need. If you get somebody in a choke and you have long, long, long arms – that's all you need. And um, he turned that from a, a defensive guillotine position to a Von Flu choke. DC didn't even know what happened. Daniel Cormier had no idea what happened. He thought the other guy won. Like, he just has a very, very deep submission bag. He has good cardio. Um, he has a, a brutal, brutal left hook. That's what he got um, Manir Lezez with, with. He hit him with a big left hook, club and sub. Boom, bada bing, you're out of here. Um, he was also in the same card with his brother, Carl Williams, Teresa Blade of Vitor Petrino, who's on this card. So that was a pretty solid week of, uh, contender series fights. Um, I just think he's legit, man. He's got good power on the feet. He's quick, good jab, good hook. Um, and if it gets to the ground, you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. Absolutely fucked. He, um, has all kinds of different, you know, mounted guillotine against Lizez. Remember what he did to Trevor Giles within like a minute. That was one of our easiest hits of the ever. Yeah. Um, his last four submissions are all a choke, but they're all different variations of it. A guillotine, a mounted guillotine, a von flu, and a darce. Like, you know, and, and he obviously has the rear – Yeah, he has the rear nakeds. He has the arm triangles, but he's just – he's in there to, to – to, you, you make one little slip up and you're done. Uh, Jesse uh, – Nicholas Dalby has been submitted by Jesse Bronson. Rear naked choke where it wasn't even fully um, – I don't think he had both hooks in. I think this is easy, easy work. I mean, maybe Bonfim knocks him out because he does have good hands. But as soon as he gets an opportunity to pounce and um, just grab some part of your neck, you're done. You're absolutely done. And, you know, I respect Albie for, you know, him being a vet. He's been in this game forever. He's been there, done that. But uh, I just think he's going up against a goddamn hammer. Yeah. One of my favorite fighters, my favorite prospects, especially at 170. 170 is crawling with young fighters. Um yeah, I just I just think Gabriel Bonfim Malatina is going to get him out of here. I got uh, Bonfim by submission. 
Bone Fame submission is plus 140. I think that's probably the best line or like number for something that you feel this confident about that you're going to get on this whole card. I haven't seen really check the rest of the odds for all the different fights, but this seems like the best one because this... This like I could see him like you said even if he clips him and, and knocks him down or hurts him or whatever, I could see him jumping right right on the rear naked or something like that and getting him out. Like that just always seems like his path. And he oh like every fight he's finished by submission has been a choke like you said of some sort. No matter what assortment it is, it is a choke. So I have confidence that he gets the, it gets him out of here with the whole crowd behind him and everything. It's gonna be yep. uh, and and like you said, Nicholas Dalby he's solid but he's not. Like, uh, he doesn't have a plus skill, really, in any of the different, uh, you know, uh, variations of mixed martial arts. So it's... <laughs> what did uh, what did Floyd say to Brian Kenny that one time? A man of many traits, but a master of nothing? Yep. So um, that feels very relevant here. <laughs> I just think, I just think also Bunfim plus 275 round one sub. He's wasted no time. Getting yeah, these guys out here. I think Dolby might be a little bit different, right? He's he's a vet. He's been there. He might be able to survive the first round, or maybe he can use his movement to to kind of stay away from trouble. But even then, man, Bonfim comes at you. He's aggressive, but he's not he's not too aggressive, right? He's he's not like Johnny Walker aggressive, where he's wild. He swings a little wild, but his hook in general is nasty, man. He packs a big punch. Um, again, like I said, he's a big boy. He's six one with a seventy. Just had it seventy something inch reach, seventy four. That's uh, Dolby. I'm sorry, 72. But he's bigger, two inches of height, and he's probably just just stronger. Honestly, at this point, I know he's younger, but he is a fucking bull, and he's uh, a couple years younger than us, so he's not even really close to his athletic prime. No. Um, and and this is the first fight since the Contender Series where him and his brother are on the same card. I think he's going to walk through Dolby, and it's going to be one of those moments where it's like, oh man, the young, hungry, physical freak is the one who's going to win win this fight. So. We're both going bone theme sub. I love this. I love this pick right here. But how about your boy, uh, Dontale Mays, getting back in there, man? <laughs> this is a huge night for you against Rodrigo Nascimento. Nascimento is only a minus 195-180 favorite here, which I find a little bit interesting. But, I mean, that's more to the fact that Nascimento is not that good either. So, um, yeah. he, he's coming off two split decisions where he may have lost both of them. It was kind of a... Uh, up in the air, uh, he has a no contest to Alan Boudot, so that's uh, always great. But well, he tested he, he tested hot for that one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's you know maybe he's off the sauce now and things are not uh, going think, his way. That's if I remember correctly, he uh, he um, he tested positive for Ritalin, which he said he's had a. Uh, so I guess he got a therapeutic use exemption from the Nevada State Athletic Commission, but they won't overturn the no contest. I don't know how that makes sense. They said, you know, we're going to give you an exemption because clearly you need this that you've been taking your whole life, but your win is still not a win. Like, what? It's, That's crazy. <clears throat> excuse me. It makes absolutely no sense at all. But that is what, like, that's mixed martial arts in, in a nutshell right there. Just – Shit, all these commissions, all this shit that makes absolutely no sense. That it seems like every week we find some new shit out where we're like, what? They did what? That that yeah. makes no sense. Lord Kong. It's always good to see Lord Kong getting back in there. Do you, Ty, do you like anything here? I, I mean, I, I would probably bet Nascimento, but I don't. This just seems like an instant stay away. 
Yeah, I got Nascimento sub. I don't see any reason oh, really? that this goes any differently. So if you don't know, this is a rematch. They fought a couple oh, years wow. ago, and Nascimento subbed them very easily because Dante Mays, I believe, in the first fight, um, just just gassed himself out, and that was it. Dante, it's crazy because he's kind of like Kennedy Zuchuku, right? Big physical freak. He's six six, long arms, moves well, hits hard, and you're like, man, imagine just just honing in some abilities. This person could do a lot of good things, especially at heavyweight. You get Dante Mays in there against like Parker Porters of the world. There's no reason he shouldn't overwhelm some of these guys with his with his size. We see it in heavyweight all the time. Pavlovich, I know he's he's good, but he overwhelms people with his fucking you know physicality. Um, and Dante Mays just can't do. Dude, do you remember when he was on? Um, I don't know if it's the Contender Series or not, but Snoop Dogg was commentating yeah. that one time, and he said that Dante Mays wasn't invited to the cookout. Yes. Oh my god. Or, or to the gang fight. I think it was the gang fight. I forget which one, but he said he wasn't invited. Uh, that's kind of fucked that's up. That's tough, man. That's tough to that's, come back from. Yeah. Um, he has some power, Dante Mays, but he, he just slows down. He's just a he's a typical big guy who just will wear down. And again, in their first fight, he was doing well, but then he got tired and got choked out. You know, he's kind of he's like a power kickboxer who 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 he can get some takedowns in a fight. But he can also get taken down. So his wrestling isn't great. It's just eh, average, right? Average heavyweight wrestling. Uh, Nascimento, yeah, I don't, I don't love him. I think he did lose to Tanner Bozier, which is a bad look. And going the distance with Alir Latifi, bad look. He's low, low volume on the feet. He's got a good ground game for heavyweight. Um, but I am worried about you know two splits after that, after that Usada suspension. I know again, I know it was Ritalin, but still, you test positive and then you don't look the same afterwards. Not a great look. He. Um, Hanato Moicano said that he's been training very, very, very seriously. So that's good. Um, thank you. Thank you, I, Money you know, Moicano. Thank you for that. Apparently, Money Moicano is a great podcast. So I have to, we have to start listening. Um, Nascimento is chinny. Mix, combining that with Dante Almey's power is uh, is a bit worrisome. And also, Nascimento slows down a little bit. I just see this going the same way the first fight went. It's kind of like who just fought recently in a rematch that we didn't want or need to see. Was it uh, Michelle Waterson and Marina Rodriguez, right? Yeah. Why would why did that happen again? We know it was going to happen, and it, it was even worse. It was worse. This I know. Time. I know. Sometimes rematches don't work that way. Like somebody will, you know, it seems like people get even more than they go down o two. But I don't see how that happens here. I, you know, nothing has changed really. Maybe Nascimento gets clipped in the in the first, and that's it. Maybe, but all he has to do is take this to the ground, and Dante Mays is going to be tied. Or all you got to do is get him in the clinch, really. So I got Nascimento sub. Nascimento sub is plus 240 here, and that, that is baby. what we are going to take. I'm taking it we with you. We got subs in the first three fights. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm the sub hunter. Yeah, you are sub hunting today. I have the round one in, in the main event. I had, Thank God I had to stay away a little bit, but uh, I am worried that we are hunting finishes here, but I'll, although, the, yeah, it's Brazil. They're going to be chanting Vua Mujer. Oh, yeah. It's going to be yep. a, a wild environment down in Sao Paulo, but... We keep it moving. Here's one of my favorite fighters, and I have I have been shouting from the mountaintops that this guy is nasty for a while now. Caio Bajero. He's getting in there against Abus Magomedov. This is a wild matchup here. Abus is coming off of a, a extermination, an elimination <laughs> from uh, Sean Strickland there. He, he got taken out. It, it, I don't know why he was even in that fight, but yeah, what are you going to do? He... he destroys Dustin Stolfoots in one round, 19 seconds to be uh, exact, and then he just kind of got 
destroyed by Sean Strickland uh, systematically. And now he's in here against Kyo Bahedo, who has what? You know, won all of his UFC fights since he joined. He had two contender series fights, and then he has four actual legit UFC banner uh, wins, last coming off of a rear naked choke of Michael Olazechuk, who is not an easy man to get out of there. We could both nope. admit there. So Kyo has only, his game seems seemingly has only grown over recent years, at, or, you know, r the recent fights, I should say. And he is a minus 300 to 320 favorite here to a boost mega medals plus 242.50. I will say, and, and 205 on one of these uh, things, so that they, they're more coming, you know, back towards earth here. I think this is a little bit of an overcorrection, Ty, would you say, to Abus getting uh, just looking horrible in that Sean Strickland fight. I think this fight should be a little closer to, uh, you know, maybe a minus 180-200 situation. So that that for that reason, I don't like it. But I still do think, at the end of the day, that Kayo is going to probably get him out of there. Yeah, he only has one sub in the UFC. It was his last fight against Alex Sechuk. I think this is another chance for a sub because we saw with Abus, he's just he's pretty much cooked after the first round, right? He's yeah. just, you know, th he, there's one thing. To, he had nothing after three minutes in that Strickland fight. <laughs> it's one thing to slow down, right? But oh my god! Now I I will you know I'll say Abus. I feel like offensively can can do a little bit. I feel like his grappling isn't that bad. Like I remember he outgrappled Sadabusi when he was in the PFL, but I think. At that time, Sadabusi's grappling was very rudimentary. And um, again, that was when he was going on the offensive. What happens when Kyle Bahayo takes his back? He's, he's going to quit. He's going to look for a way out or he's going to make a huge mistake and he's going he's gonna to lose. He has three fights, <clears throat> I believe, in the last four, four, four and a half years. There's just a lot of question marks about Abus. Nobody really knew what – people still don't, don't know what he is, right? He had, he had that early knockout of Dustin Stoltz where he pretty much just said, here, suck on my toe as I fucking put my heel through your goddamn skull. That was God crazy. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty much what he said. Um, and also, I keep hearing people call him Avis. I'm like, God damn, man. Like, pronunciation is not that hard, but... Um, I guess in this fight... A bus. Abus, <laughs> Abusupian, Magomedov, and Kayo Bahayo. You know, that's very hard pronunciation. We got to get uh, David Diamante on this. Oh, Jesus. Um, he was doing the Oshaki Foster fight, by the way. So, well, oh, it was probably. Did you watch that? Did you I watch did that watch yet? the round? It was okay. Fucking How sick. fucking crazy! That was wild. Um, but back to Abus. Yeah, I mean, this is short notice. The Strickland fight was just a really bad look. I know it was tough, and he's the champion right now, so it's kind of unfair, like very unfair. But that was just a bad look. Like, you know, that's it's hard to come back that's, from. Yeah, it is. It's, it's that's something that could probably change you, right? So. And, and he's just getting a really bad matchup. Like, I think Kayo's got a great camp with him at Fighting Nerds. You know, people used to always make fun of them because of what their shtick is, but they're all fucking killers. They're all hammers. They're all strong. They're all, like, smart, the way they fight, very methodical. Um, I think his cardio might be an issue because, just because of his wrestling style. You know, yeah. he's very he's very just lean on you and, and, you know, get the body lock, which will take a lot out of him. Uh, he also, he just... Um, I, I, I have a question what happens if he can't get the sub and he fatigues, right? But I do think he has he has a good ability to not panic in there. I do like that. I think he has good composure. He his striking is not great, right? That's not where his bread is buttered, but he can he can throw good body kicks to kind of close distance. I've noticed that. So he, he has some things. Also, dude, getting your black belt from Damian Maya, that has to be one of the higher Honors, achievements yeah. that one can get. You know what I mean? Like that's that's crazy. 
that's crazy. So I just think Abus is in for a lot here, and I <laughs> I hate to do it for a fourth fight in a row. I got Kyle Bahio by sub. Wow, by sub plus two thirty. I We're sub hunt baby. I think I'm just gonna take the inside the distance at plus one hundred five. I don't. Cause I just I know you know the the name Magomedov scares me away from uh, submission uh, bets just because of you know he's I, a fake one though you know he, he is he is I agree but it's I I don't know man I I don't have a, a good read on this one I I could see uh, he also is kind of a like you said although sometimes the when the grappling doesn't go his way like it kind of didn't in the uh, what are that I just had it up. Uh, the Muradov fight and just like things of the th- fights like that where he didn't, you know, and uh, the Omar Godziev fight where that guy faked an injury to kind of get out of there. Thought thought he was going <laughs> to win and lost a technical decision, which was, was hilarious. Wild. But I'm just going to go inside the distance and call it a day because I don't, I, I don't have a read here either way. Uh, the plus two thirty is really nice though. Uh, Bahio submission plus two thirty on Fanduel is. Fandle's offering some fat odds for this uh, fight, ladies and gentlemen. But I am going to stay away from that. I am going to go inside the distance, and I am just going to take my little winnings and keep it moving. So also, Kayo has a gra- had a grappling match. He lost, but he went the distance with Jelton Almeida. So for how strong, just to show you how strong and and legit he is on the ground. See, let me just do some more further also, research. He was supposed to fight. This was supposed to be our boy. That would have been that. So. Our boy was supposed to be in this fight instead of a boost, and that would have made this a lot different because we don't know much about our boy, but that's a scary, scary man. And of course, that would be one oh. Nur Sultan oh Ruziboev. God, that would have been elite, dude. Nur Sultan is, is seven foot at one eighty five, dude. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. He um, what he did to Bruno Ferreira was just like an ultimate get back for what Bruno Ferreira did to Robocop. So. Nurselton, you've got a fan in us. He has yeah. 20 subs his own. He's only been subbed once, so I think that would have been a much better stylistic matchup. I'm sure maybe he probably would have faded. And we would have seen some red flags from him also, but we will never know. Um, Breaking news. Oh, no. I'm taking the sub. <laughs> Let's go. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and let a – I mean, because really, what are the chances that he TKOs him? Probably not that not that high. Not that high, yeah. So, and I could see a boost giving up his neck at some point during this. So why not? No, I'm not going to be a pussy. A uh, boost is loose. How about a Hadolfo Vieira, the black belt hunter? He's getting back in there against Armin Petrosian. This is an interesting. Uh oh. Could be an interesting matchup. Minus one ten, one ten. So this is a as even as it gets, ladies and gentlemen. Hadolfo has looked better. In some of these fights, he has had gas tank problems throughout his entire UFC run here. He just uh, arm-triangled Cody Brundage in the second round. But, I mean, come on. Remember what happened in the first round? Yeah, it's but like... He got fucking dropped. Yeah, but, you know, Cody Brundage stinks. And uh, he, the only way he wins in the UFC is by illegal strikes or him... <laughs> getting lucky against a Treshawn Gore or something like that, or fighting some other fraud. That's, And I don't think Armin Petrosian is a fraud. I don't think... I, I think Adolfo Vieira could be kind of a fraud. Uh, that's what, I, what I'm basically saying here is... I mean, wins against Brundage and Stoltzfoots are his, you know, his last two wins. Before that, he, got, he had a win against Safarov and Oscar Picota. So, um. he's lost to Anthony Fluffy Hernandez... 
Chris Curtis. It's I I I just don't like the fact that, like you said, in the first, like even if he could get clipped early on, and it's like party over for him. If Petrosian can somewhat grapple and somewhat keep him off him, like I believe he can. He's yet to be submitted. He doesn't exactly go for submissions, but he has held people off of him enough to not be submitted. I mean, RoboCop couldn't submit him, and he's not you know horrible on the ground. And he and he was get he was hurt that fight. He was going after him. It was. It was a wild, that was a wild fight, by the way, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, I gotta go back and rewatch that one. I am going to go Petrosian money line minus one hundred five. I like it. I'm gonna follow you. I like um, there's a lot I like about Petrosian. His volume, his world class kickboxing background. Right, he was boxing well against Chris Duncan, Christian Leroy Duncan, like with his hands, um, which is different. Because obviously he's more of a kicker, and then it's funny because Duncan was the one who was throwing a lot of kicks and not hands. So it's definitely a uh, a different different style, different fight. But it showed that Petrosian can do multiple things. Good, yep. great. I shouldn't say good, but great distance management. I think Petrosian is he the one with really the really short reach. Uh, his reach for, for how big he, for how big he is. I could he be wrong. Has I it was like, a seventy one inch reach. So yeah, I don't know. My, if, uh, that don't seems know that seems kind of small, but I mean, yeah, it should be in the Adolfo like has seventy three, so it's not that big of a difference, right? So that's good. Um, I think Petrosian has good cardio, great distance management. I think he has a uh, better submission defense than takedown defense, if that makes sense. Uh, but he does get he does do well at getting back up to his feet. Yep. He also does well in bad spots. It looks like he's not somebody that panics. Meanwhile, Adolfo Vieira, if, if he's not getting his jujitsu working, he's cooked. He's fucked. You know, he has a terrible gas tank. He checks out if things don't really go his way. He's very easy to hit. He hits hard, right? I think he's more of a um, – I don't think he's really a fighter. Uh, I don't know. His boxing is just not good. He got dropped bad and hurt bad by Brundage somehow. Uh, even the Dol- Dustin Stoltzfus fight was like back and forth a little bit. Um, you know, obviously got the elite jiu-jitsu, but his wrestling is terrible. Like, it, it's really bad, honestly. Um who was it that stuffed like 20 takedowns? It's Chris Curtis, right? He was like 0 of 20? Yeah. Yeah, 0 of 20. Jesus, man. Um, and like I said, he got outstruck by Dustin Stoltzfus. He won in the third by by sub, but it got sketchy in there. Fluffy ran through him in a spot that nobody saw coming, and that probably shouldn't have happened. Um, and even Piahota won that first round when they fought. So I got Petrosian money line. I just think he has much more ways to get out of the first round, and we should honestly be smooth sailing. I kind of like him that – to maybe get a third or second round finish. Honestly, it might be something to to bet in your spare time and your personal life. Something just a little a dart throw. I think Petrosian round three uh, could be could be very interesting if I bring up the odds on that. Um, I, I just think he just has more ways to win, more ways to win, and I don't I don't really know what Adolfo's plan is if it's not you know grappling, right? Like if it's if it's not a grappling match, what's he going to do? Um, so. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that it's a pick'em, but I guess with that, um, with that possibility, with that being such a um, you know such a weapon of his, I mean his, his nickname is Black Belt Hunter, right? So I guess that's terrifying in its own right. But um, yeah, let's see, Petrosian TKO round three plus eleven hundred. I'm just saying, interesting. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm lock going in with to you on double dip. Oh, double dip. I'm welcome to the first double dip of this episode. I am going to bet Petrosian TKO as well, plus two seventy. That that's a fat line right there, man. For 
like you said, if he's really, I just played it out, and I was like, how does he win this fight? Adolfo gasses out, and he just kind of takes over in the in yeah, later half volume, of his fight. Yeah, and he volume just, machine, man. And he just, those kicks, and, and you'll just see Adolfo standing there, like, huffing and puffing. If he gets, like, I imagine Petrosian's going to end up on the ground at some point during this fight, but I know he's probably going to get back up, and that's going to just wear on uh, Adolfo throughout this fight, and it's just, I've seen it too many times from Adolfo where he's just huffing and puffing standing in front of a guy, and you're just... You're like, all right, you know, here, like maybe he's maybe he's past that part of his game now. Yeah. He's kind of adjusted to the MMA way of life. But even the last, like you said, that Chris Curtis, he was huffing and puffing in front of him, and he, you know, Chris Curtis just couldn't get him out of there. But uh, Petrosian's uh, more of a, a firecracker sort of striker as opposed to Chris Curtis is just a well-rounded guy. Yeah, I think I might double dip with you. You 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 want it? You want to hop in? I want to hop in the pool. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's Not too deep. I don't want to drown. But. No, I, I'm like the, one of those Core Brothers ice creams where you double, you're double dipping it into the chocolate where it fucking gets all cold on top, dude. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's me right that's now. <laughs> that's literally you. That's literally me right now, and that is plus 270 TKO. And we we up. have we already have a ton of plays. This, it, this is how you tell. When the UFC has a week off, it's bad for us because we are just so excited yeah. to get back in here <laughs> and just fire shit. But, We're gonna slow down. It's all right. I promise. Yeah, we we got to run through some of these uh, these later ones, and hopefully we don't have any plays. But I mean, hey, I'm not gonna not gonna lie. I may have some plays. Ishmael Bonfim, the brother of Gabriel Bonfim, he's getting in there against Vince Pichel, who I mean, when's the last time we saw Vince from Hell Pichel? He fought Marco Madsen in uh, April of last year. He took an, uh, a unanimous decision L. Ishmael is coming off of a loss to. Benoit Saint Denis, so I'm not going to hold that. I never hold that against anybody who comes up short against Mr. Saint Denis, the God of War. Bonfim is minus 500 to Vince Pichel's plus 380. Do you like anything here? Um, I'm not sure. It's just a big line. I kind of, th- I, yeah. I kind of think Bonfim is going to finish him with strikes. I mean, uh, he's got such a good boxing background, switches stances a lot, throws good knees, throws good kicks in general. And um, obviously, he's got pretty good takedown defense and a good ground game. Um, he's just so much faster and hits so much harder. Um, Vince Michelle is 14 years older. He turns 41 soon. Like, yeah. He's well-rounded. He's tough. Uh, the Mark Madsen fight was close, but then he gassed out, and he lost the third round. Now, he's very strong. I've seen him in there out-muscle a lot of guys. But I think he's going to need extended top control time in this fight to even have a chance, and I just I don't see that happening. So I'm going to stay away because Vince Pascal is very old. You know, we've seen Bonfim lose. He might be a bit of a fraud compared to his brother. I, I don't know. This is definitely one of the fights I I, I want to say I feel confident in Pascal not lasting. But um, I don't know. Very high variance fight here. And uh, it, it opens up the main card. Obviously, Ismail's probably going to go for the finish, right? He's going to try to go for it. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. He also he has a his contender series fight went the distance. He has a couple other fights that went the distance. I'm just not really. Uh, I'm not obviously flying. Need Terrence McKinney, your boy, um, and that was a brutal look. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this fight's gonna gonna go down. Honestly, I thought I had a, a better read on it, but Vince Michelle's a bit awkward. You know, he's got that he's got that vet lesson mentality to him. He's he's definitely upset um, some some rising prospects before. Um, I Old think. now though. 
Yeah, he's really old, man. Like, Taking a year and a half of... off when you're in your forties is not good, especially at yeah, these lighter weight classes. Going from Jesse Ronson to Benoit Santini, it's a good thing he he didn't get that Santini fight. Um, that would have been that would have been bad news for Mister Pichel. Um, yeah. But when he you know he handed Roosevelt Roberts his first L, he upset Anthony Andrukani way back in the day in the UFC. Um, did he beat somebody on the Contender Series or Ultimate Fighter for Cody Fister? Right, he got to the finale, I think, of the Ultimate Fighter. Then he lost to I. I beat he beat Joe Kim Silva, gave him his first L. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, if there was an upset that I couldn't see coming, I guess it would be this one. But I, I think Vince Michelle. I mean, dude, forty-one, like you're past it, bro. And yep. You're fighting at one fifty-five. That's that's the division where if you're young and hungry, you're going to take over. And I think Ismail is young and hungry. He's going to take over. My prediction is he's going to win by TKO, TKO but. I'm going to stay away betting-wise. There's a couple other spots that we have coming up. I'm going to go inside the distance, minus one, 115. So that I think he walks through Vince Pichel. Uh, I, I didn't realize how old he was. That's that's yeah. uh, that's always like an auto bet for me whenever a guy is that old at these lighter weight classes. Anytime Cub Swanson fights, I'm fading him too. So it's not no nothing personal. It's just really tough when these guys are so young. Small and explosive, and you're you're supposed to you're trying to hang around with them. You might might be able to teach them a vet lesson, but also you might get caught in the chin and go to sleep. So that's yep. it's a tough part of this game. So we keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. We have Elvis Brenner, Elvis Brenner, the man who took out or should have taken out or he did take out Zubaira Tukagov. I know you all were at home ch- chanting, thank God that Z- Zubaira is gone now because he is a fucking bum and should have never been in Beast. the UFC to begin with. Uh, he also beat Kudalate, who had, you know, he really looked bad that night. It was, uh, Kudalate was kind of like on the cusp of being one of the, not not like, a, I mean, almost ranked, right? I mean, he's yeah, beating he Gamron. He almost he almost beat Ismagulov, and then he, you know, he just, the problem with him is he can't stay healthy and he has not been able to, consistently fight on, on, on a consistent basis. I mean, it seems like a once-a-year kind of thing, if that, you know? So, uh, back to the actual fight, though, Elvis Brenner and Mr. Uh, what is this gentleman's name? Oh, this is the guy from Khrushchev the Contender Steve. Series. Our boy, yeah, he, got a, he cashed out that uh, submission bet for us. That's like plus, right. I don't even know, but that was easy work against that Dylan Mantello fraud. Yeah, who, that, um, that guy the was quiet a fraud. Man. I was like, the quiet man? Yeah, he's going to be real quiet when he goes to sleep. It did suck because he was an LSU Tiger, and I was like, damn, I hate to bet against a former t- a fellow Tiger, but Longo Wideman MMA, you're done. So how come I don't have any uh, prop bets on here? What's going on here? Did, did this well, it just play? got made because um, um, Esteban Rebovich was supposed to be who Elvis Brenner was fighting. That would have been a pretty good fight. Yeah. This is also going to be a, a good fight. I, I like Kanan Krzyzewski. When I watched him on the, when I was taping and doing my Contender Series research, research, if you will, I saw he was a big favorite, but I figured he was going to get to his game, get to his spot, and he kind of is, you know, he mirrors Elvis Brenner in a way. They both go for subs. They're both aggressive. They can strike. I will say, though, not too long ago, not too long ago at all, Kanan Krzyzewski, um, I believe, lost a decision, but it got overturned to a no contest against... Uh, the brother of Taylor Lapalus, Damian Lapalus, they fought in uh, Ari's FC4, and somehow Damian Lapalus tested positive in Ari's FC. So he must have been on the all of the Flintstone shit. vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. All of the fucking, you know, fruits and vegetables that uh, aren't allowed in this country. 
Uh, let's see who else was on that card. Maria Silva was on that card. Ari's FC4. Nazardine Nazardinoff. My girl, Nicole DeSegni, the tatted up Italian chick who's not good, but she's super hot. Um, yeah, Ari's, F- Ari's FC. Listen, if you test positive in there, I, I don't know what you're doing. But he did lose to that guy who was 17 and 15. So not a great look. He also got one punch knocked out before by a guy who was 12 and 5. So I feel like there's definitely some concerns. But it's crazy. He has a, he has a win over Adriano Martins. I think that's just because Martins is like 40. Yeah. Um, also, he was supposed to fight Davis and Figueredo a while ago in the uh, regional scene. So that would, that would have been crazy. Um, and Ka- Ka- I don't want to say Ka- – <laughs> I don't want to mispronounce this guy's name. Kaique Brito, um, if you know what kind of pronunciation you're about to call I'm him cock, to dude. You must just call him no, cock. No, no. Something worse. A slur that I do not want. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I did not want to do that. I came close. Kaique Brito. So uh, this Krzyzewski guy, to me, he's got a lot of question marks. Um, I, I just I don't know if I trust his cardio and durability. I think Brenner, we see, you know, we've seen it with him. He is he is reckless. He can be hit. He can be hurt. Uh, and he was an underdog, right, in his last few fights for for a good reason, I assume. So I'm gonna stay away. I think this is gonna be an all action tilt. I think this could go either way. They're both Brazilians. You don't really see a Brazilian with a Krzyzewski last name, but here we are. Uh, they're both young. They're both hungry. I think this is going to be a, a, a really good fight. So I'm going to stay away because I, I have no idea which way I'm leaning. Same. There's not enough odds on here for me to really get excited about. I would probably bet Elvis Brenner, but I don't exactly. I don't know enough about either. Like I, yeah, I've I think Krzyzewski could be live. He could be for sure. That's the thing. And I, I, that's like I, Elvis Brenner has impressed me in the few times I've seen him. But it's also like the, the uh, this fight just got made. That you don't. There's too many variables here that you really can't it's, count on. So. The topology says this is at 165. Is that a thing? I mean, it's probably just since it's a late late situation. It's kind of a, just like a catch weight sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. It's, you know, like the one guy probably uh, if Krzyzewski was hopping in here late, they were probably like, I can't make 55. Like, I can do 65. He's a big boy, too. So yeah. yeah. Then Elvis right. was probably like, all right, I just want to fight. I'm trying to make some bread. So Elvis has left the building. How about uh, Zaleski Dos Santos? Elizio? Elizio? Elizio. Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos. His nickname, Capoeira. He's 36 years old. He's fighting Rinit Fakradinov. So this guy is the one who sent Kevin Lee into retirement basically the last time <laughs> he fought, which was in July. Does it seems like it was so long ago, but that fight was yeah, 55 seconds of just decimation. So it's not to be surprised. He dominated Brian Battle in, the, in their fight. Uh, also took a win against uh, Andreas Michalaitis, which... That went the full distance, which is insane. But hey, Michaelitis took a took a round from um, Alex Pereira. He did. So. He did. And then he got hit with a flying knee from hell. Uh, yeah, a frying pan. This is a interesting fight to me, Ty, just because Zaleski Dos Santos is a specimen. He is a large, large human being. He is a guy who beat the dog shit out of Benoit Saint Denis, so he will always have respect yeah. for me. Uh, he beat Abubakar, which that doesn't mean much, honestly, because Abubakar stinks. He is a disgrace Abubakar. to the to the Nurmagomedov name. But Ty, do you like anything here at minus three fifty for Fakradinov to a plus two ninety five two seventy for? Uh, Zaleski Dos Santos. Zaleski who? Zaleski Dos Santos. I almost just threw up on the mic when that was happening. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. We fucking lost him. He died pronouncing Eliza Zaleski's last name. Um, 
I'm trying just to. Coffee, really... dude. This goddamn coffee just kills me when I drink it. I don't know, but I love it, man. It gets me fucking wired, baby. There you go. I got you. Losing your mind over there. <laughs> I um, I want to take Renat because he's one of my favorite guys. Also at 170. 170's got some some good young fighters. Uh, he's only three and zero in the UFC. I feel like he's the best three and zero fighter in the UFC. I know that sounds kind of weird, but he came into the UFC after a fifty five second decimation of Eric Spicely. So. I think he's ready, right? He has two losses in his career, but they were very, very early. I think his first fight and then his – let's see if I can do quick math. His seventh fight. So, And they're both the guys who had good records and to this day still have good records. Igor – well, this not, not this guy. Not Igor Sferid, uh, but at the time he was 7-1. And this guy, Igun Akhmedov, 22-3. and I wonder what he's up to these days. Let's get him in there. Let's get him in the UFC. Igun. And he lost by decision both times. So um, – I think Renat, I, these guys are both hammers. I just think Renat is in his prime, uh, right? Elizu, we've seen, he's a little older. Yep. Um, Elizu also, fun fact, I don't think, think this has anything to do with anything. He has a good history against Russians. Uh, or, uh, Renat's not a Russian, right? No, he is. Okay. I thought I was being racist. He has a good uh, history against Russians. Beat Abubakar, beat, uh, what's his name? Amari Akhmedov, smoked him with that fucking, uh, with knees. Um, so maybe that's a factor. Right. So maybe that's a factor. But this is a bit different. Uh, Renat is a scary gentleman. I think he's a bit low volume on the feet, but he just picks his shots carefully and he hits hard. That's kind of almost more intimidating, right? Somebody that's like hulking forward, but you're like, oh, they're not throwing much. And then when they do throw, you're like, oh, he knows what he's doing. He's just being methodical about it. Um, and the thing with Zaleski he just he throws spinning kicks and you know they're awesome when they land, but when they don't, then what? Right? Yeah. I think he might have a striking edge in this fight, like very slight striking edge. But he turns thirty-seven soon. He gives up takedowns. Um, he had that you saw the suspension before he fought Abubakar, who by the way rocked him very early in the fight. Um, I think I think Renat is is legit. I think he's a top fifteen guy. I think he's a future star. If he was a little bit younger, I think he could win a belt. I think he still could, honestly, at one seventy. Um. And he's just so good all around. I mean, the thing about Renat, I, I just love his his um, like his numbers, right? I know, again, it's only been a couple fights, but his strikes absorbed per minute, less than one. His striking accuracy, 67. His takedown average, 5.8. Uh, his takedown defense, 100%. Like, again, I know it's three, 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 only three fights, but I don't, I'm not ready to say these are three bums. Brian Battle is somebody who can get wins in the UFC. Kevin Lee, we know about Kevin Lee. Andreas Michaelitis, sure, he's kind of a walkover, but he's treated these guys accordingly. 12 takedowns combined in his first two fights, and then he just comes out and just dogs Kevin Lee. I think it's going to be a tough fight. It's going to be a really tough fight. Um, in a weird way, I could see this go in the distance. I'm going to I'm gonna stay away, though. It's a big number for Renat. I think it maybe is. it's justified, but it's just a big number. I'm going to stay away and enjoy this one, kind of like the Elvis Brenner fight. I'm ready for violence. I'm ready for some spinny shit. I'm ready for both guys to get hurt, possibly. But I think... As this fight wears on, I think Renat is going to wear on Elizu Zaleski with some ground and pound, and maybe he gets him out. Maybe he chokes him out. Uh, Zaleski has been submitted before, I think, right? By yep. um, I can't think of uh, uh, it happened way way back. Jungle fight. You can submit it in jungle fight, baby. Um, so yeah, I'm going to stay away. Shout but uh, I do think Renat gets a maybe a late stoppage, or maybe it just goes the distance, and it's like a good back and forth exchange. 
Give me Fakhradinov inside the distance minus one ten. I th- I agree with everything you said. I just think he's going to wear on him. Uh, the wrestling is just going to be relentless, the same way it has been in all of these fights. I like his like his hands. He he's, he has fire in his hands. He he hurts yep. people with it. And I can see Zaleski getting or Zaleski getting fucking rocked, and then maybe falling up against the cage or something, or getting taken down immediately after, and then just kind of like worked over. I just I'm with you on everything you said about Fakhradinov. From what I've seen, he there's a there's a thing when you fight guys who like maybe aren't on your level or you know what we would say cans, even though the guys he's fought really aren't cans. But when you treat them accordingly and you like just beat the dog shit out of them, then I have to respect you. And Brian Battle, yeah. Brian Battle, like that was a Brian Battle was I gained my respect that night when he was able to survive that whole fight because he was getting the shit beat out of him that whole fight. And he just, just, just bullied. Yeah, and he just kept like you know surviving basically. Kevin Lee did not survive. You know, Michaelitis <laughs> survived, but he was getting the shit beat out of him. So I could see a situation where he Zaleski survives because he he's a fucking animal. But I'm gonna hope that that doesn't happen. So and also in Zaleski's last fight, he went the distance and in a, in a split with Abubakar, who yeah. is you know one of the worst Nurmagomedovs, if yeah. not the worst Nurmagomedov. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I want to follow. I want to follow you, but uh, I feel like I have a lot of a lot of a lot on the line. Also, I followed you deep enough. Listen, I want to I want to follow you into war on horseback, right behind you, and I am. But in this one, I'm going to let you go and, and take out whichever one of your enemies on the battlefield you want, and then we'll come back and we'll assess things when we take um, Eduardo Mora down the line. But we we're not there yet, so we'll, well get there. One of my enemies got taken out last night. That being Zach Gallon. Good to see him go down. <laughs> Fucking bum! Shout out to South Jersey. Yeah, good. Yeah, good luck getting them fucking spring training tickets, you asshole. So there you go. There's there's my shout out to and the guy who was tweeting me from the, the that was a Diamondbacks fan. Fuck you, pal. Yeah. Eat Fuck shit, you. Ho. Yeah. And he's like, if you can't in, now he's acting like a fucking softy. Well, if you can't enjoy uh, a season like this, and you you shouldn't even watch. You were the one telling me like I shouldn't be talking, and you know your Diamondbacks are the answer backs. Yeah, pal. Well, enjoy second place. I know all about it. All right. Yeah, this is this is a rivalry that everybody will want to monitor going forward. So. Yeah. Well, I we hate. Get this I on hate the jungle fight now. card. Yeah. How about uh, Daniel Marcos? Daniel Marcos fought for his life to get a decision the last time he was out there against Davy Grant. Split decision uh, from the July card, I remember correctly. He's fighting a Victor Hugo. Victor Striker Hugo. That's right. He's making his yeah striker. Just literally striker. He is making his UFC debut after a contender series. He hit a knee bar on a guy. Uh, I mean, this guy has a ton of submissions, ton of uh, TKOs too. But he also has been finished. Do you have any read on this? Do you know anything about Mister (laughs) Striker? Yeah, I watched that. um, I remember that fight. That was the same. That was the same week of um, contender series as uh, what's his name. It was the one that it was only four fights. Yeah, uh, Adolfo. Bolano, oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember this. The guy who's had like fifteen fights in the contender series. Um, actually, he only had one, but he lost to Petrino. Both of his losses are to Vitor Petrino, which is tough. Um, oh my god, he yeah. sent that guy to the shadow realm. I remember that. Yeah, uh, the realm of the shadow for sure. Yeah. He, um, this guy is a. Uh, I guess <laughs> this I, I guy guess. looks like the Russian Canelo dude <laughs> that he fought. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um um I, he's just like a leg lock specialist uh victor hugo victor hugo 
Uh, yeah. Is that his first name? Okay. There's a Vitor, there's a Vic, there's a lot going on. But um, like lock specialists, when things don't go their way, those guys seem to fold, right? We've seen it so many different times. Uh, he's a bit different, I think. He throws a lot of spinny shit, which, again, plays in your gas tank. And his gas tank, I think, has already been in question uh, from what I see. People say now he's very powerful on the feet, but you know Daniel Marcos has gone up against very powerful guys. Davy Grant's very powerful, and the reason Davy Grant, a lot of people thought he won, is because he was throwing power shots, but they weren't really landing. Daniel Marcos is a very good striking defense. He knows how to block shots, let them go off of his um, his shoulder, his arm, his chest. Um, I still think that he might have lost though to Davy Grant. All things considered, it was just a very, very, very close fight. I went back and rewatched. I was like, "Fuck, man! I, I have no idea." You know, fight. Throw the fight stats out the window. I don't even. I have no idea. Um, but he has a really good jab. I mean, he was he was battering Davy Graham with that jab. Uh, mixes up low kicks good, uh, very well. He has good takedown defense. Good get up game. Um, the, I just you know Hugo trains with Simon Oliveira, which I guess could be notable because Davy uh, Davy Graham Daniel Marcos uh, his mo- his most recent finish uh, was that was the. Was it a body knee or a body ki- a knee? Okay. Knees to the body against Simon Oliveira and got him out of there. Uh, his only finish in the UFC wow, so man. far, Daniel Marcos. Um, that so guy I guess it could be stinks, interesting. By the way, for the Simon Oliveira. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that stinks. guy was trash. Uh, but he's training with Victor Hugo. Maybe that makes a difference, but, you know, I probably not. Right. Um, I, I like. <laughs> I like Daniel Marcos. I think he's probably the best Peruvian fighter the UFC's ever seen. Uh, we have a couple more on the on the rise that were on the Contender Series this year. Kevin Borjas, he will be fighting Joshua Van. I think on two ninety six or two ninety five or two something. So that should be good. Um, yeah, I just don't know enough about about Hugo, and I think this is a really tough test for him. But you know, I don't think we know that much about Daniel Marcos either. He's only had two fights in the UFC, uh, a split with Davy Grant and an absolute decimation of Simon Oliveira. But remember on the um, – I almost said the ultimate fighter. On the contender series, he fought your boy, your boy who you've longed for to get a shot in the UFC. Brandon, let's go, Lewis. Yes. Um, let's and go. He, actually got to, he who was like five foot two, if you know, if that – he actually got a couple of takedowns. Brandon Lewis did on Daniel Marcos. Let's go. Uh, Daniel Marcos did smoke him with his yeah, knocked him down, and then uh, I think he won the decision. So it, you know, it, it could be interesting if Victor Hugo, Hugo gets a takedown or gets some kind of grappling exchange because again, he has a bunch of different leg locks. So and, and usually the thing with leg locks is it's hard to get, but as soon as you lock it in, it, it, it's in, and it's a very quick tap. So. Things could change very quickly in this fight. I'm going to stay away, but I, I am very excited to see how these guys look. These three fights back-to-back-to-back to back to back are going to be interesting. I'm staying away, but they're going to be wars, and a lot could happen in these Brenner, Fakhradinov, Hugo uh, fights. So I'm going to step back and, and wait. Yeah, I want nothing to do with this one. Uh, I just I, Too much unknown. I, I don't like – don't trust Daniel Marcos after that Davy Grant fight. He should he should be in good shape here, but like you said – like. This guy being a leg lock sort of specialist, anything can happen. So I'm going to stay away. I don't know enough about it. So Vitor Petrino. This is a guy who absolutely looks like he's on every supplement that anybody has ever given him. He had to fight for his life to beat the pleasure man. And he took out Martin Prochnio in the like towards the end of the third round. And that one, I was sweating out. I believe I had submission in that one as well. He is fighting Mr. Bukaki, Modestus Bukakis. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> what? What's up? That's his name. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to find some odds. Here we go. Plus 195, 185, 200 to Mr. Bukaki to a Vitor Petrino, who is minus 225, 240. So, Ty, I don't really like this all that much. Uh, Petrino inside the distance is plus 110. That might be something I bet. Uh, I think I'm going to stay away, though. Yeah. Um, Petrino only has one sub, but it was his last fight against Procchio. So that's why I want to take TKO over Bukaki. Buk- what? <laughs> over the Baltic Gladiator. But um, and I, I have a weird – I don't know how to feel about Modestus. Like I kind of like him. He's won four in a row since he lost three in a row. Um, I just – you know. Not great competition, and um, I don't know, man. I just you know he he seems to get outstruck, or the strike totals are very close in almost every fight, and that's that's just not a great look because he is, you know, he's got great size and he has good kicks from the outside. He throws straight shots sometimes when he does, you know, a straight right, a jab, but he's a very, very, very low volume. And I think a reason he got cut is because he's boring. A lot of his fights are boring. You know, he'll he'll get himself to a split if you let him off to a if you if you let off the gas. He can um, kind of, you know, get sneaky wins. So you you can't you got to take him serious. But he's been finished multiple times, been hurt multiple times. I don't trust his grappling defensively. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Does TKO <laughs> interest you in this? I want to go. I want to. I want to pick one of the sides for Petrino. But you know what? I'm. I'm going to go inside the distance. You said plus one ten. That's fine. Yeah, I think I'll bet it with you. I think Petrino. He's just. He's huge. He's a strong guy. Uh, one shot KO power. Pretty, seems pretty good all around. Uh, but he's still a little green, right? He has less than ten pro fights. And I think a lot of times with those guys, you see big improvements, right? Uh, I don't think anybody saw a sub. Uh, a sub victory in his future when he fought Prochnia, but it happened. He got a bunch of takedowns against Turkali, but he also got taken down a bunch of times. So I think he's um I think he's hard to I guess get a read on, right? And that that's again, that's what happens when you have guys that have not fought that many times. So he could cardio dump early. We could see him pull a stunt. Bukaskis has been around a while. He's been to the UFC, he's been kicked out of the UFC, now he's back. He has a very good trainer. I forget his name, Will uh fuck. Will something. I can't, damn, I can't think of his name. I, I'll find it real, real quick. He's the one who's always screaming, Come on, Modestus! Keep going forward! Throw kicks, Modestus! So, <laughs> he's awesome. Dude, he's great. He is fucking great. I can't, I can't find his stupid name. Will Curry. Will Curry. He fights uh, in, <laughs> in, um, in, um, the fuck's it called in England? Cage Warriors? Cage Warriors, thank you. He's pretty good, too. He's, he's somebody to... That's... Kick! Kicks, Modestus! More kicks! You have to step on the gas, Modestus! I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly how he sounds. It's fucking awesome. Um, Hopefully he'll be in the corner I, this weekend. I, so can't, can I can't wait. I can't wait. You have to go back and watch his fight against um, Tyson Pedro. Or maybe even Zach Powell. I think it was the Pedro fight where he just was screaming in between rounds. And I think the commentators were like, well, that's Will Curry, if you can hear him at home, uh, which I know you can. So um, Throw I think he is kicks good- Modestus. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he sounds like, I swear. So I think he has some good people around him. And this could be a, a sneaky upset spot. Again, Petrino has only nine fights. And 
you know, if he has if he gets a ten eight round in the first round where he almost gets Bukowskis out of there, maybe maybe we, we see a draw or maybe he gets finished late, right? So I'm gonna trust Petrino because again, Modestus has been smoked multiple times. He's been submitted, he's been fucking dropped, he's been ever everything. So I got Petrino inside distance and uh and a, a very upset Will Curry. That's uh that's tough, but um we're going to both take Petrino inside the distance, minus 110. Then we are going to go to Angela Hill and Denise Gomes. Gomez? No, Gomes. That's right. Uh, what do we have odds-wise here? Plus 114.105 for Angela Hill to Denise's minus 135.125. Uh, anytime Angela Hill fights, it seems it screams, stay away. So I don't know if I, I – I think I might let you try. I mean, Denise was a big-time underdog against Yasmin Yurugi, and she eliminated her in the first 20 seconds of the fight. So all she's yeah. done pretty much since joining the UFC – I mean, she took a loss to Luma Luke Buname, but that was her UFC debut. After that, she eliminated Bruna Brazil and Yasmin Yurugi uh, pretty easily, it seems. So, yeah. Ty, do you think – I mean, Angela Hill, it's just – she seems like the uh, – the gift that keeps on giving. She has. She will not go away. She keeps on fighting, and she's 38 years old. So uh, do you like maybe a inside the distance or maybe a decision? Or what do, you, do you like anything here? Should I bet it? I I have no idea. I can, I can never get Angela. I'm I'm, so I bet and picked her to beat Mackenzie Dern, and that just bit me in the ass. So that's never going to happen. Um. Hold on, sorry. I was just responding to a text. Um, that's not going to happen. Uh, so I, I can promise you that. But I do think if, if you are an Angel Hill fan, which I guess there is some, um, this would be a good spot. This would be a good spot to, to bet her because I think now you're trying to get – you're getting her coming off of a bad performance and she's an underdog against a chick who we haven't seen much from. Um, and, you know, maybe her debut against Luma Luke Boomy was a was a debut stunt. We've seen that with D- Daniel Zell Huber, uh, Tyler Santos. It happens, but you know, Luma Luke Boone is very small and not very great. You know, Angel Hill's a bit bigger vet. She's been around forever. She's fought everybody, but um, the Dern fight was bad. She turns thirty nine soon, so I think an, an accumulation of the damage is, is, is starting to catch up with her. Um, she is top five all time in significant strikes landed in UFC history, which is crazy. Um, I think top three even. So I'm gonna stay away. I don't. I have no idea. I think Denise Gomez has some nice, really good power. She's an aggressive finisher. She can mix in takedowns, get some good ground and pound. But uh, I don't really have a good read on this, so I'm gonna stay away. I'm gonna tell all of you out there to stay away, but I'm not going to. So take that for what it's worth. Denise Gomez TKO plus two fifty. At some point, Angela Hill's never been TKO'd. At some point, it has to happen. Wow. And. For what Denise showed me in these last few fights, she's got some fire in her hands. Angela Hill keeps marching forward. She's not really... She doesn't like to wrestle all that much. For, am, am I wrong in saying that? I think that that's not really a... Uh, no. She's more of a kind of little uh, uh, action kickboxing, you know, just walking forward sort of thing. So I am going to count on her getting caught and knocked out unconscious. Flat on her face. Jesus. DC Gomes, TKO, plus 250. I just had a bite of a chip, and it tastes like throw-up. So there you go. That's I'm not nice. Sure that, I'm not sure. That, 
I'm not sure what to do with that. So sorry, but I want to follow you in that, but I'm not going to because I can't bet an Angela Hill fight to save my life. So yeah, like you said, she's never been finished or no, she has been submitted. Um, uh, yeah, I meant uh, by him via the no, hands. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, I fucked that one up. Um, I'm just looking at her resume. It's just funny. But anyway, yeah, I'm staying away. Montserrat, your girl, Montserrat Canejo Ruiz. She has. I feel like she adds names every time that uh, we watch her fight. But she's fighting a Eduarda Mora. Do you know anything about Ronda? Which is her nickname. Yeah. That's that's never good. That is a big never red good. flag whenever you have Ronda as your nickname. The Russian yeah. Ronda just got smoked recently, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or she might have won, actually. I'm, I don't remember. But I think she got – yeah, I don't know either, actually. Uh, it's hard to remember. I, uh, is the Russian Ronda the girl that has the uh, had the staff on her on her asshole or something like that? I don't remember <laughs> if that was her or not. Um, but- yeah. No, no. Russian Ronda is, <laughs> is Arena Alexeva. The, she lost. Uh, the, yeah, she yeah. lost. Uh, she did not have staff on her asshole. That's the other girl. Uh, uh, was, she uh, lost to that uh, Dixon, right? Yes, Melissa Dixon. Yes, uh, and that, that girl is uh, she's engraved in my brain because she just kept doing the same thing over and over again. And if she does that in every fight, she's going to be the champion. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, Mrs. Eduarda has eight of her nine fights have been finishes. And she finished the the lady on the contender series, Jayana Silva. This is this the uh, the woman that we had. Uh, what's it called? The uh, what's it? What was it? The uh, inside the distance bet or the uh, you? I think oh, so. I don't remember I honestly. Think so. I I remember. I, d- I definitely bet on her. I'm pretty sure I gave gave the bet away because she was only a slight favorite, and I think I had her sub or inside the distance, and she she walked through Jayana Silva pretty quick. Um, yeah, pretty much all of her um, all of her wins are by finish. Also, she just she just turned pro in 2022. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that's wild. And she went to a split with a 12 and 14 chick, but I think I think she either took that on late notice or maybe it was just maybe it was just a slip up. She fought somebody who's been fighting for a while, and she hasn't been fighting for a while, and it got it got sketchy. I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, in my opinion, she has nothing in front of her. Right now, Montserrat Conejo has one, one, one move. It's the head and arm throw. And if she can't do that, she's cooked. I mean, (laughs) listen, five foot. She's five foot. And that's a very generous five foot. Listen, I think she's a tall, I think she's a dog, a warrior, but she'd be the champ at 105. Yeah, maybe. Um, She, listen, she, she fraud checked Cheyenne Vlismus, right? So I got to give her that. But um, she got swept multiple times in her last fight against Amarine. She's just too small, too you know, not strong enough, and not really skilled enough. I hate to say it, but also in the wrong division, right? She yeah. should be too. She should be fighting at ninety five if that's even a thing. So, um, Edmora Moore is much bigger. You know, I know she's only five six, but she's it's a lot bigger, um, a lot stronger, a lot more powerful, long, good top pressure, good ground and pound, good sub game. I like what I see from Edmora Mora. She's also the protege of one Jelton Almeida. So um, she's right. only a purple belt, but she competes in tournaments all the time. I'm sold. Give me Eduardo Mora by – I want to take her by sub. Is that a thing? Let's see. Yeah, it's like plus 150. Yeah, plus 150 on here. I'm only getting one betting service that's offering odds for this. So that's <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Um, yeah, I got Eduardo Mora by sub. 
I think she's going to take her, take her neck and choke her off, choke her off, choke her out and choke her off. Choke her off. Jesus. That sounds, that sounds wild. <laughs> that uh, sounds wild. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm going to stay away. I would like to take that inside the distance. It's, it's around minus 140, but I just have too much on the line already that I can't be uh, lo- lo- lowering juice down on some uh, <laughs> some lower-level prelims. Shout-out to lowering oh, juice down. Uh, how about Mark Jacasey? <laughs> Times are tough in the Jacasey camp, the bone crusher. He's opening up the card. He's jerking the curtain here after getting Darce choked by Joel Alvarez and losing a unanimous decision against Michael Johnson. So uh, he is fighting a uh, what is this guy's name? Kahu? Kaye. Kaye? Kawe. Kawe. Kawe Fernandez. He has a brother named Kawa. Okay, so that's great. I mean, it's basically like Wanda Franco having nine brothers that are all named Wanda Franco. But yeah, shout out to Wanda Franco. No, 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 no not shout out. He's 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 a fucking sexual predator. But. Uh, I'm gonna stay away from this. Just shout right. out to him for getting caught. Yeah, shout out to him for getting caught for sure. I'm gonna stay away <laughs> for 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 sure from this. I don't know anything about Kauye, and uh, I don't know anything about Mark Jacasey anymore, who's minus one sixty, one seventy, one eighty on some of these. So, I mean, really, why would we? Why would anyone bet on this? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Mark Jacasey. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's athletic. He's experienced. He's well rounded. Um, he has. Um, he throws some spinny shit, but he's just like low volume. He's been wrestling a lot more lately, I've noticed. So I guess that's like a nice a nice new wrinkle to his game. But Seems like a bad move like against this guy. Yeah, probably not smart. But I feel like the thing with him is like, you know, he fights up and he fights down to his competition, right? He lost first round sub to Rafael Alves uh, after he fought, fought very well and very close with uh, Rafael Fazeev. Yeah. So it's like, all right, that's a bit weird. He smokes Joe Duffy, but he gets smoked by Nazareth Hackbarast. It's like... Okay, but he fights close-ish with Dan Hooker until he, he he got subbed, but he was fighting pretty well with him, for, very close anyway. Yeah. Um, and then he loses to, to Jakar close. So it's like, you know, I, I don't really know what to take from this guy, so I'm, I'm staying away. Um, maybe Kawe gets a win. Uh, I, I kind of liked him when I saw him in the Contender Series, but I think he was, was he on the Contender No, I don't think he was on the Contender No, he was, right? Uh, No. No, he wasn't. Okay, that's Ultimate what I thought. fighter I like, finale. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, he's been okay. in the UFC for a while. Saying. Or I'm talking, you're talking about Casey. Yeah. No, Jacasey. My bad. I'm on. I'm yeah. on the wrong page. I, I figured he wasn't in the UFC, Kawe. So or on the Ultimate Fighter. No, nah, LF, straight to LFA. Series. Jesus. Yeah. And he wasn't anything. We got to um, get out of here, man. This is we, 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 we got to get out of here. We put it all on the line here. <laughs> His one loss came when he he was off for like two years to a guy Luan Sardinia, uh, who's pretty good, undefeated, and might be in the UFC soon. But yeah, I'm I'm staying away. I am staying away as well. And that is UFC Sao Paulo from what arena, you ask? That's right. That's from the Ipapura Gymnasium. Hymnasium. All right. uh, As some would say. Hymnasium. Yeah. Or the gymnasium? Jesus. It's it's literally in a gymnasium. I I mean, I imagine it's not, but that's what they just call it down there. So, yeah, Yeah. that that is. uh, Are you excited, Ty? Uh, yeah, actually, it's. it's I actually, yeah. it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty exciting card. I mean, we have a bunch of like good matchups, especially like general. later least, on in the card. Right, right. So I think the main card's going to be fun. I think the beginning uh, of the or the end of the prelim should be fun. So let's fucking let's uh, let's see some violence in in Brazil. This place seats over ten thousand people. It has seated twenty thousand people in some in some events. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's see what it, we can it do. It opened uh, in 1957. It is mostly used for volleyball matches. So that's 
It's, uh, that's, All right. That's cool. All right. We're going to get somebody, somebody's, somebody's head in this car. We'll be volleyballed across the cage. There so. we go. So uh, it's, uh, that's about all we have for uh, this, this gym, random gym in Sao Paulo, Brazil. <laughs> and yeah. that has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast uh, breakdown of the UFC Sao Paulo. There's really no boxing, right, this weekend to talk about? Yeah, I mean, Joe Cordina on DAZN is in Monaco for whatever reason. He is uh, potentially the next fighter at 130 for Oshaki Foster, so that should be a really good fight. I think uh, Eddie Hearn wants to make that ASAP. He's fighting Edward Vasquez, 15-1, but he has like five knockouts, so I think this is probably an easy win for Joe Cordina. Um, F.A. Ajagba is back in action on top rank on ESPN Plus this Saturday night. He's the fellow who made a guy leave the ring before the fight started. Oh, um, never forget that. If guy. you remember that, yeah, Curtis Harper, shout out to him. Uh, and for some reason, somehow, so there's a cruiserweight fight. It's going to take place in Miami, Florida this weekend. Uh, Ilunga Makabu, he uh, was reigning cruiserweight for a while. He's fighting on this card, and this card is being promoted, promoted, promoted by Don King. Wow, he's still somehow getting people to give him money and to let him promote uh, their fights. He's also like 93. Not that Bob Arum is uh, any younger at 92. Well, I guess he is younger. But now, Don King is 92. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. He's, 92. Boom. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. He is also has like a stable of four fighters, and they all fight each other. Uh, on this card is Trevor Bryan, who is on all of his cards. <laughs> I'm not sure what he's cooking up, but he's cooking. I did not know that he killed somebody, Don King. That's uh, I just yeah. He killed Mike Tyson's career. Well, he apparently stomped one of his employees to death. For this, he served three years and eleven months in prison. So that's a fair term. Fair term for killing one of somebody that works for you. Uh, That's good. He ran an illegal bookmaking operation out of his basement. Uh, I mean, there. I gotta. You. We're gonna have to have Don King on before he uh, croaks. So Uh, he might never die. Like I don't think Bob Arum's ever gonna die. I mean, these guys have so much money, so why would they? What's the, what's the incentive of piecing I guess, out? I guess if there's... I guess. I don't know. Who cares, right? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast, brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. We'll be back next week. We'll have an Eagles breakdown for all of you sports fans out there. We will have a full breakdown of UFC Sao Paulo. We'll have some Sixers talk. We'll have all sorts. We'll have a couple episodes next week, like we always do. My name is Matt McSweeney. I'm Tiger And as always, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure to tip when you go out to the bar. <laughs>